Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, we have Cody Sanchez. She's a partner in various business, uh, really has started and built equity firm that is pretty much uh, deploying $200 million into 65 businesses. So this woman knows what she's doing when it comes to buying and selling businesses. And that's what we talk about today. She shares the uh, staggering statistics that there's, there's over 2.5 million small businesses. And there is such an opportunity right now with everything going on in our world to to buy a business, to buy a small business. And often we think we can't, we don't know anything about the business. What are we going to buy? And we feel overwhelmed by it. But she gives some great suggestions, specific suggestions on how to get started today. So you don't miss out on this really amazing time to diversify your portfolio in, in the right way. And if you're listening to us, you're probably saying, wait a second, I am a real estate investor. What the hell you're talking about, right? I already have a lot on my plate. How can I really even think about buying a business. And what I really enjoy about Cody is that she breaks down the evaluation of, of a business the same way that we evaluate real estate. And it, it's also a mindset situation. Instead of us, uh, the narrative that we have in our head that we are seeing, we are only only quote unquote, only real estate investors. Instead of that, she opens up the possibility of us being managers of portfolios, which it requires basically is the same recipe. And I'm not going to talk about this recipe. Now you got to listen to the episode to see what she puts in place in order for her to be able to run herself several businesses at the same time. This is a great episode and I can't wait to hear from you. Take a look, take a listen and let us know what you think. Enjoy. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. 
Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show, where we are on a very big mission, a global mission, uh, to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life, right? Whatever balance means to you, uh, doesn't mean you're going to be totally zenned out or, you know, it might just mean that you're actually taking time for all the areas of your life. True. So welcome back, ladies. We are so excited to have you back. Um, we know we have, there's a lot of things you can be listening to and consuming, and we just appreciate you being back on this journey with us where we interviewed some amazing women that either focus on in real estate investing, business, or self-care. And today's guest is one of our absolute favorite guests from our, she was our keynote at our virtual summit last year. Such an amazing person. If you are not on her newsletter, you need to be. She's doing such amazing things. Uh, Cody Sanchez, thank you for being on our show and thank you for making time to be with us today. Nowhere else I'd rather be. Awesome. We are so um, pumped to get into what she's going to be talking about, which was by far one of uh, the highest um, regarded sessions we had at our virtual summit last year. So we're excited to have Cody back on here on, on our podcast and share with all you beautiful women listening of what what other you know uh, strategies in terms of investing you could be getting into, which we'll get to in a moment. But as we always like to do, we like to just connect with all of you. We can't see you, but uh, you know we, we, we see you virtually, if you will, and we wanna connect with you. Something that's coming up for us, one quick tip strategy so you can apply it in your life and you can keep moving on your path of creating financial freedom for yourself. So Andressa, you have mm. this week's yes. tip or something you want to share or just a life lesson you want to share. So what do you, what do you got? Yes. I always think that all my tips starts with, okay, I'm now reading this book. <laughs> and then, you know, I have like tons of books I'm reading, but this is not going to be different. If you were expecting something different, that's not going to be different. So I'm reading this book called <laughs> A Vivid Vision and I, I've read different things about goal settings and how smart goals, dream goals, whatever. I've done that, right? But I read something on this book that I, I did not hear. I didn't hear it anywhere else. And I want to share with you guys. And first of all, very easy, easy, easy reading, uh, super powerful exercise for your business. Doesn't matter if you're small, large, doesn't matter. Take a, take a quick look. One thing that talks about um, your personal vision, they, they first start with the business vision, which is amazing. And then they go to the personal vision. And then the person was, the author was uh, encouraging the readers to think about, okay, if you had an extra day in your life, what would you be doing with this extra day? And I was like, oh, if I had an extra day, what I would you be doing? And then I put on paper and that's exactly what he recommends. Put on paper and then your goals, your goals, overall goals, focus on what's in that day over mm. there because you're going to be fulfilling your soul. That's your, your core, right? It does not recommend you to think, okay, I just want to sit down at the beach and have margarita all day long. That's it. Right. So you start buying margaritas. I'm not saying that, but really like go there. Think about if you had like the extra day, what would you be doing? What, what areas of your life think as a, like a holistic way, right? All your rules as, as a mother, as a friend, as a girlfriend, as a, wife as a business partner what would you be doing with your day so i thought it was very neat and it sparkled something in me that was like okay i don't have this extra day but i i'm gonna use that and kind of sprinkle throughout my my week because that's what brings joy to me and it's not about the destiny right people say it's not about yeah. the destiny it's about the journey and i do think that when you sprinkle those things that you really joy you make the journey 
super fun. And if it is not, we're doing something off, right? So that's my tip for, for the day. I love it. Because people always talk about the perfect day, right? Write down your perfect day. But I love I love the extra day. And I'm reading that along with Andressa. We're actually building our vivid vision for investor. And I'm probably a chapter mm. behind Andressa, which is likely the likelihood of, of but <laughs> she's like done with the book. I'm like, I'm like chapter one, but that's okay. Um, but good stuff. So take that into your world, ladies. So without further ado, um, we could literally have this podcast with Cody and an eight hour time frame probably wouldn't be enough with, with, with this woman because she's very brilliant. Uh, as you heard in, in her bio that we just shared, you know, her, her, our intro with, with all of you. So we always like to do, um, Cody, I'm, 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 I'm talking you up here. You know, you're, you, you, Andres and I are like two of your biggest fans. Um, what would you say at Cody? And we always ask women what propelled them with to get involved in real estate investing. Your niche is obviously building, you know, buying and building businesses. So I'm going to ask it from that perspective. So what propelled you to really to, to get into this world of equity from a buying and, and, you know, building business perspective, what propelled you there? Yeah, two things, you know, one was, uh, I hate being told what to do and I'm a terrible employee from that standpoint. <laughs> so, um, you know, so the first thing is I don't mind advice and I don't, I actually love it. I love constructive criticism. I love feedback. Um, but what I found oftentimes as an employee is you don't do things because they're the right thing to do. You do that because they're just what you're told to do. Mm. And, you know, if you've ever seen that Diane Keaton movie with like her and her daughter and she, her, she says to her daughter, you know, um, do this or this. And then when her daughter asks why she says, because I said so. And I hate those words in corporate America. And I heard them all the time when I was at Goldman and state street and Vanguard and these big firms. And I'm like, wait a second, I can make you millions over here, but you want to do this. Why never a good answer because I said so. So one, I said, I don't, I don't like that. I don't want to spend my life doing something that's irrational because somebody else thinks that they need to do it because the boss ahead of them thinks that they need to do it, but nobody really understands. And then two, you know, we're talking to women here. So it's pretty hard to get a CEO position. Ain't that many getting handed out, right? So, um, you know, unfortunately, we don't have the 19th hole at the country club. We don't have a legacy of people that will give us CEO positions. And so I wanted one for myself. And what I found is I did a couple startups and those did okay. I sold one. That was pretty good. I headed a couple big businesses, but I wanted to be, I wanted to be a CEO. I wanted to be the owner of a business and I wanted to be the owner of a meaningful business, seven or eight figures. We could all say we're a CEO and founder of a little business, but that to me didn't feel like the real thing. So when I realized that I could buy a business using loans and other people's money and become a CEO, not to have to hear the, because I said so anymore and walk into seven or eight figures of revenue, I was like, game over. Why, why didn't they teach me this earlier? And so those were the two reasons why I wanted to be a CEO. And I hate doing things because people say that you should. <laughs> I, I, I know that person too. <laughs> so I can dissect that in so many different ways. So let's dissect the business portion portion of it for the ladies that are listening it. And we're going through a pandemic still, hopefully be done soon, right? And when they think about what's going on with businesses around and uh, and they're like, okay, how how can I possibly evaluate. I understand the, the, the benefits of, of investing in, in, in real estate, but I don't understand. It's not my thing um, in terms of businesses. Do I need to know about 
HVAC in order to buy an HVAC business. Like I don't like it. So it sounds daunting, right? Yep. So how would you break that down? Yeah, well, it's a great question. So first of all, the first thing that you got to do, we were just talking about this beforehand, but the, the first thing you have to do is realize that, first of all, there are 2.5 million businesses in the U.S. that are for sale right now. If you went and met with those 2.5 million business owners, I think you'd realize a couple things. One, you're probably smarter than a lot of them. Two, the things that they do aren't really that complicated. Three, all the businesses have echoes. So the beautiful part about business is once you understand the foundation of a business, everything rhymes. It's like when you hear a rap song, you know that it's a rap song. You might not know the words to it, but you kind of know the beat, right? And the beat of businesses and small businesses is, do you know how to handle a profit and loss statement? Do you know what it means to have cash flow? Do you know how to run employees? Do you know how to lead people? Um, do you know how to create standard operating procedures? And if you know those five things, then you apply those five things to almost any widget that you do, any business. So I've run a business that's a podcast production business, cannabis businesses, distribution businesses. Um, let's see what else. Uh, uh, media businesses, newsletter businesses. I mean, I've had 17 different active businesses in my portfolio. And it's not because I'm super smart or super qualified on this or that I'm good at numbers. I'm in finance. I actually hate the financial part. I outsource all of that. But the biggest key is just, can you see the rhythm? And do you believe that you're capable? And if you go into this and say, okay, I can buy a house or a multifamily unit using multiple hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in other people's money, AKA a mortgage, right? Or seller financing. You can do the exact same thing for a business. Now, when you buy a house, do you always know how to fix the plumbing and the electrical and the HVAC and the roof, <laughs> and, right? You don't know how to do it all, but you do know one thing, you know how to source and you know how to figure out if somebody's going to fit from a budget perspective. It's the same thing in these small businesses. And so you want to make sure that you don't invest in anything or buy something that's hyper complex, like a biotech company that's doing $2 million in revenue and you don't understand how. But all these small services businesses, they're very easy to understand. And the beautiful part is they're usually super outdated. Like we're talking fax machines and dial-up phones. And so you can apply these 21st century ideas on top of them. Yeah, I love that. It's like, you know, the, the adage of what we talk a lot, so much in real estate is value add, right? And, you know, in real estate investors don't want to buy anything retail, right? They don't, you know, unless you, that's your business model where you just want a turnkey, you don't want to deal with anything. There's something to be said for that, but you're going to be paying more of a premium and not getting maybe as, as much on the return side. Uh, but at least, you know, what you're getting into, you know, businesses probably, and you're the expert tremendously more than I am, but there, there's a, there's a, there's a piece to that, what you just said in terms of adding value. And it's the same type of adding value that you would be doing to a duplex. I mean, we, we, when we bought our uh, 50 unit, we, um, we said, oh, what kind of online marketing are you doing to promote the you know, vacancies? Oh, we don't do anything online. How do you get new tenants? Uh, we, um, with the sign that says for rent right there. This is, a, this is a 50 unit building, right? We're not talking a mom and pop, like, you know, single family. This is literally 50 units and it's a, it was a beautiful building. We're like what? Like, but then in our heads, we're like opportunity, 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 right? So again, as, in, as real estate people, we know this in, in our world, but to your point, I love what you're saying. Cause it's, seems like it's so applicable to, to, to business. Um, 
What do you think, Cody? I mean, you talk to a lot of people and you 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 work with you see this with women too. Like what do you what do you think stops women from, you know, transitioning into to owning and operating and getting into the space of because it's a it's such an opportunity right now. Like you just said, 2.5 million businesses. I don't know what percent of those are struggling. I'm sure you know, but there's an opportunity right now in our time in history, right? So what do you think is stopping, especially women, because that's who we serve, um, taking the leap or taking a step towards this? I think it's the knowledge gap. It's honestly the fact that people don't know about this. I mean, imagine before there were podcasts like yours about real estate, before there was bigger pockets, before anybody started teaching people how to do multifamilies or single family investing, you just had to see the opportunity and think, wait a second, there's some weird arbitrage situation here Mm -hmm. where there's a difference in the common narrative and your common sense, right? And that's Mm -hmm. what I focus on every day at Contrary and Thinking in my newsletter is trying to find the disconnect between the narrative and the numbers. Where's the disconnect? And so in buying small businesses, I truly believe this will be as commoditized and as normalized as buying single family and multifamily units in 10 years. We are just that early to it. And let me tell you why. Because you can go out right now and you can get a loan and you can get a loan from the government for 90% of the purchase price of a business. So for instance, I am in Austin, Texas today. I am looking at a digital marketing company. We Everybody needs digital marketing, right? So it's they build websites, they do social media, they do um, like backend stuff for companies. This company is doing $850,000 in revenue and they're making $497,000 in profit. They have almost 50% profit margins. Wow. I'm going to buy this company that's making almost $500,000 in revenue for a million dollars. So I will be break even on this business in two years. And I'm going to do it with a loan from the SBA that will pay me $900,000. So that means that I have a I have $100,000 that I have to figure out about how to fund this business. I'm going to just use my own cash for this business. But if I didn't have cash, I would get investors to help me with it. And or for a business like this, I can also do seller financing. So I'm, I'm still not sure I'm not going to do that with them. But with seller financing, you can say, OK, I'm going to put down the $100,000 for the SBA loan. But then you, seller, I want you to give me you know, $33,000 over a three-year period that I will pay you out for that additional $100,000 so that I can essentially get the business for $0 down. So if you just think about the numbers for a second and don't ask yourself, can I do this? But you just look at the numbers. That blows out of the water almost any investment that you could make in hard assets like real estate. You cannot make $500,000 on an $890,000 property in a year. You, it's, you, you can't do it. You cannot have a break even inside of two years. And the reason that you can't is because it's a competitive world. People are figuring out how to do this. But in small business land, nobody knows that there's sort of like a nine-step process that you can follow to do this exact same thing. And the other part that I really like is I don't actually buy businesses typically that are turnarounds, that are like what you would call a fix and flip, right? Like where you have to go in there Mm -hmm. and do a bunch of work in it and sell it, right? Um, I buy businesses that are profitable and doing well already, and I buy them at their profit level today. Now, if I can add additional stuff on top of it, that's just gravy. But I don't ever pay for the idea that I might be able to make more in the future because I don't have to because it's not there's not competition. And then something like digital marketing, I buy that kind of business because I know how to run it. 
I know a lot about social media. I know a lot about websites. I don't know how to create them, but I know other people that do. And I have a guy that's going to run the business for me, just like you would have a property manager that manages your property. And so that's the game today. I think it's a great point that you're saying that you buy for what their the value is right now. And that's something I'm just highlighting this right now, because in, in real estate is a little crazy out there. Uh, people are, are not buying for that reason. They're buying for the appreciation that they believe is going to happen in, in, in the future, which is a gamble, right? So it, you're gambling right there. If you're good, good to go. But One thing that I want to go back to what you said about the, the narrative, right? I, I've seen it and I hear a lot about this story that women tell, like, I am a real estate investor. This is it. As if that's who they are, period. There's nothing else to, 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 to be done. Or I am a flipper. I am a builder. I am a developer. And I think I love what you're saying that it's like, okay, let's break that barrier, Right. You're an entrepreneur and there's, there's like so many options that you can break down your recipe and just change the flavors basically and make whatever cake you want, whatever. I don't make cake. So, but <laughs> you know, this is like the, the, the narrative, how the, how the women can, can break that, that mindset. Cause sometimes it's just like, oh, I know, I know. Okay, you know, but you still don't do it. So is this like something unconscious in, in our minds or how can we break that? Well, I, I think what you ladies are doing is so important because they see you achieving it and they realize that they can. And I think that's why I like to talk about this so much. I, I don't make my, I mean, we sell a course at Unconventional Acquisitions where you can, for $500, you can learn every single thing you needed to know about how to buy a business. The due diligence templates are in there. The marketing templates are in there. The outreach to uh, owners is in there, everything. And then if you want handholding, there's a mastermind that's like $2,500 or something dollars. And we go through deals every single week. So you can buy those two things. Um, but, but that, the money that we make off of that business, and that'll be a million dollar a year business is like, that's nothing compared to what we make on the businesses that we buy. So I could just go and keep buying my businesses and do what you guys do in real estate, which is make all of your money off of the real, you know, producing assets that you make. But I said, we have a goal. We want to make a hundred thousand small business owners this year, because we think that small businesses are in this huge generational wealth transfer and who's buying them all the big companies. We think it should be the little guys buying them. I don't want more Starbucks. I want more local coffee shops. And so we started this with that goal. I love making money on top of it. I want it to be profitable, but it is not how we make money. So the reason that I do it is because I think if other women hear me, I'm 34 years old, you know, I don't know anything about professional services like HVAC or a laundromat that I own, and I can do this business, then it means that other people can do it too. So I think you need the example. I think you need the knowledge and then you just need to hear enough people with specifics on how they did it and see it live for yourself to believe you can. And we have a ton of real estate investors in our mastermind because they're doing exactly what you did. They're like, this is my game. I'm good at it. I own this portfolio of assets. Now, because the market's at all time highs, how can I make that portfolio more diversified in an unconventional way? And the way I think that you do that is you buy ancillary businesses that support your real estate portfolio. You have what I call a portfolio of small bets. 
I think this is the smartest thing that you could do in investing overall right now, because look around you, the world is changing faster than ever. So if all you have is one type of revenue stream, you could have lots of revenue streams, but one type, you could be in trouble because things change really fast today. And so that is the key. Absolutely. And let, let's go there. So the small bats, right? Is there like um, a top five preference of business that you should be, we should be focusing on in a couple that we should be putting aside? How, how do you differentiate? What are like your criteria to defining like, what are the business that I should be focusing on? Yeah, well here, let me tell you first the ones I don't buy. No restaurants, uh, hard businesses go out, of, go out of business all the time. No hotels, that's basically a real estate play. Um, no drop shipping businesses. Amazon changes their algorithm and they go out the window. So I don't do those types of businesses either. Um, no retail stores, no clothing stores or anything like that that are hard brick and mortar assets. It's too hard of a business and the rent takes up too much of your profit. Um, and then the other type of business I don't buy is consulting businesses. Too people heavy of a business and often tied to the founder being the rainmaker and bringing in clients. Those five, see you later, bye. The type of businesses that I do like are boring businesses. I mean, think about how Warren Buffett made his money. He didn't make his money doing sexy things. He made his money doing things like railroads, boring. <laughs> he made his money doing things <laughs> like land acquisition, boring, super boring. And so when I say that, some of the businesses that I really like um, overall is, like I said, I like digital marketing agencies. Uh, I just bought one of those because you can, you know, Liz, for your 50 unit property, if you had a digital marketing agency, you just plug that into the ecosystem yeah. and you'd get motoring. And then you'd plug real estate investor into it and you'd get motoring and you have unfair advantage from scale, right? Mm. Um, and then the other thing that I think is important is um, looking at businesses that are in your local community Like I like building my local community. So that's why we own a laundromat. It's close by. That's why we own businesses that are like landscaping, HVIC, which means heating and air conditioning businesses. We've looked at pest control businesses. These are the businesses that no matter what's going on in a pandemic, they're recessionary resistant because everybody needs their lawn to be continued to clipped. Maybe you don't have as high of a user base at the time. Everybody has some sort of laundry that they have to get cleaned. So as the world continues to get crazy, you have a buffer. Love that. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A. Biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I love the idea of building in a business or buying a business that is going to benefit your existing investments so your costs can go down. And I know you said this in one of your, one of your talks that just look at your, look at your, you know, P&L statement, where are your highest expenses and how can you offset that? And I always, that rung true. I was like, whoa, that's a, what, what a powerful yet simple suggestion. And I think that's what you're saying, right? It doesn't have to be this complexity that we just can't get our heads around, right? Where are you spending the most money? And especially if you're getting to scale and you're getting into larger multis, because that's, you know, your, your, some of your bills that like a single family might uh, charge is so different, right? When you are in scaling of units, because, you know, 200 times X will cost a lot of money, you know? Might um, as well rent a, a room for the HVAC guys. <laughs> just just, just stay just, there. And I think it's just this creatively looking at, it's like, you know, when you, you drive, drive to work, someone always, I always heard this on a podcast. They said, drive a different way. And I'm like, at first you think it's kind of like stupid. Like, why wouldn't I go the same way I'm always going? Cause it's easier and quicker, but to take that suggestion is so helpful, right? You go another way. And then you just see things you didn't see before to your point. Like I, how can, how can women today, right? Take what you're saying and look at what their current portfolio is, their current, um, businesses are and, and look at it like so differently. Cause I think that's what you're saying, at least what, what I've gathered by all your amazing resources and teachings, which I so appreciate that we have to look at things a little differently. I think you use an unfair advantage or, you know, just turning it upside down. So what could the women listening, you know, they, they, they have a portfolio or they're, they're doing fix and flips or wherever they are in their real estate investing career. What are some of those initial steps, right? Those like a few steps they could take right now to maybe look at things a little differently to, to, to propel 100%. them in this, this, this venue? Well, I think the first thing you should do is go sign up to contrarianthinking.co. That's my newsletter. And if you go to contrarianthinking.co, you're going to see a slew of different blog posts that break down all the different ways that you can invest in businesses. It's free. Um, then if you go to unconventionalacquisitions.com, apparently we like vowels. There's a lot of them in there. But um, if you go there, there's also a free newsletter. And in that free newsletter, you'll get on a drip campaign that basically has something like 52 different emails in it. And each one, it's not trying to sell you anything. Of course, there's like some sells something at the bottom of them. But each one is basically telling you like, here's how you buy a laundromat. Here's how you buy an HVAC. Here's why you should think about them. Here's how you get an SBA loan. All the sort of particulars about it. So I would say go and sign up for those two things. And then the other thing that I think is the most important part for anybody listening is, you know, start to think about yourself as a portfolio manager instead of an individual expert. So if, if you start to just like consider yourself as, okay, my job, if I was to invest in the stock market and I invested in one stock only ever, that might freak me out in my 401k or in my E-Trade account or whatever. But if instead I have a financial advisor or I have myself and I have a you know bunch of mutual funds and ETFs and I have lots of individual securities, I feel more diversified and safe. Now the question then becomes, think about yourself as a portfolio manager in your actual revenue streams. Are you diversified? 
And if you're not, the question is, how do you just start thinking about interesting ways to change up your revenue? I think a good place to start is what you said, Liz. Look at your individual P&L. So where do you spend money? Look at the type of businesses that you're interested in. Like I like to reach out to individual businesses that I like. I just reached out to a newsletter that I subscribed to and said like, hey, have you ever considered selling your business? Like literally go, like start looking at everything you consume and everything that intrigues you and Mm. just say like, huh, I wonder if they're small enough where I could buy them. And then just start having those conversations. What it's going to be like as you start thinking of yourself as a deal maker and a business acquirer, what happens is people see you in a completely different light. It's the difference between saying, you know, I bought a real estate house and I'm a real estate investor. I'm an investor. You're doing the same thing. I'm a deal maker. I'm a business buyer. And you just start asking people about their businesses. Have you ever thought about selling? Oh, no, you haven't. Well, that's interesting. You know, I'm actually looking to buy a business. It'd be kind of interesting for us to just have a conversation about what that might look like. Um, And what you'll find, I did that with my, the person that produces one of the podcasts that one of my companies runs. I just said, this is kind of a cool business. So wait, you charge me $2,000 a month to to do the podcast and do all this backend stuff. You have 25 clients. Wait a second. That's actually like a pretty sweet little business there. Um, what, what are you doing to grow it? Have you ever thought about selling a percentage of that or selling the business overall? Cause I might be interested in buying. And so as, as you start asking those questions, your whole worldview is going to change. Um, and so that's what I'd start doing. The other thing that I think is useful is go to like bizbysell.com or empireflippers.com or flippa with two P's, F-L-I-P-P-A. And on there are businesses for sale to every day. And start messing around to take 20 minutes a day and start messing around with the different types of businesses you can buy. And you're going to be amazed. You're going to see businesses that you can buy for $5,000 that are cash flowing $15,000 a year. It's just they take some work and these people don't want to work on them anymore. They have some other business. I just sold one of my businesses for like 25K. It was a little newsletter that I didn't want to keep Mm -hmm. anymore. I sold it on Flippa. I love that. And, you know, I I think a lot of the women are listening and I can, I can also speak personally, you know, you start something, you're running it so that the idea of like owning something and not operating is a growth for people. Right. So, so we're not all just running around operating, um, owning things, but not operating them. And I think as, as you grow and you're like, okay, I don't need to be doing all of this myself. Like you have to, there's a, there's a, there's a trajectory. Some people are amazing at it. They just own businesses and they don't operate them. Others are learning that like, okay, hold on. I can't operate everything I own. So for the women listening that, you know, have kind of built everything themselves. I, I could speak personally, like everything I've been involved in, we've built, we've been involved very, um, you know, very, you know, what's the word, intrinsically, um, very um, hands-on, if you will. Yeah. So we're getting to this point, my husband and I have these conversations as well. It's like, I don't want to operate everything anymore. And we have to think differently to, to be that, right? You can't just, you have to, uh, even beyond real estate. So the women listening that are in those those throws where they everything they have, everything they've built, and it could be a great business, they've done themselves, they've operated themselves. What do they need to think about or what do they need to like prepare themselves for? How do they best prepare themselves for so they don't get trapped again? Because I think that's also what stops women. Like, I don't want to operate that. I don't want to have to go there every day. But it's just the thinking, like, you're going to need to do that. Not You're going to have to do stuff. But I don't know. I think that's something that hangs me up, to be perfectly frank, because I do think about the operation part. So 
what maybe different ways of thinking, different strategies, maybe buying a business that you can't operate because it just forces you to figure it out, right? I don't know what, what you might Hawaii, suggest It's in Hawaii, so you can't. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But- well, I th- so the way that I've done it is I typically buy businesses like that with a partner. So for instance, unconventional acquisitions. We've bought a few businesses inside of our little unconventional acquisitions landscape. I don't run that business. My partner, Ryan Snow, runs the business. You know, Ryan had capacity. I have too many businesses I run. So I committed, and this is where it's really important. One, come in with a co-founder. Come in with a partner who maybe they don't have the money or maybe they have more time than you do and structure it so that they're the one running it from the beginning. The important part is that you have expectations and milestones outlined for them, that you have clear roles and responsibilities outlined, and that we as women like to say yes to too much. I do this all the time. Um, And so you have to make sure that instead of saying yes, that you set expectations. And the, the part that will be tough for you is that we women can be people pleasers, right? And so your business wants, they want everything from you because you're smart, you're capable. Those are rare things. So the only part that is hard, in my opinion, finding a co-founder is fine. Setting roles and responsibilities is fine. Being okay with somebody else wanting more from you, but you being like, nope, sorry, I'm not gonna do it. Here's what I'm doing. And I'm taking the 50% revenue share from it because we, we built this together and that's the way it goes. And no, I'm not engaging in it every day. So the best thing that you're gonna learn is roles and responsibilities and no. But I would come in with a co-founder and or invest in a business with the 40 to 50% profit share that's already running. There are plenty of people, and you do it on a rev share profit sharing basis. Don't do this equity 0% loan for 30 years in the hopes that they exit nonsense. Instead, make sure that you come into a business and you can help them with certain things or invest in them, but you co-rev share. And a way to do that would be like, for instance, you know, you guys know David Osborne and Aaron Muchastegi. They bought uh, Roddy's List, a foreclosure, foreclosure business um, that is a list of all the foreclosures out there. Well, David went in 50%. David doesn't do anything with the business. He just gave half the capital. Aaron runs and oversees the business, but they actually have an underlying operating partner. So David's got it really figured out. He's sitting at the top. He just collects checks. Aaron kind of manages the manager of the business. And then this guy runs the day to day. And so the cool part about buying a business is when you have a startup, unless you have a ton of money, it's hard to be like, okay, I'm going to pay this person 75 or a hundred thousand dollars to operate this business. But if you buy a business, that's doing 500 K. Hey, that's easy. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that will be a CEO of a business for a hundred thousand dollars. And so you've just given yourself leverage. Exactly. You know, as, as Liz and I grow our company net, right. For the past three years, we have been stepping out. I think that, you know, for the last year we have stepped out really because there's no other way we're growing and we are expanding and investing in different uh, projects, uh, investing our time and our funds and leveraging everything. And that's exactly what you're saying. Anything that we are engaging with other people, first, we need to really align ourselves, right? Find other people that we align and we don't want to be running. We don't want to be like all the time there. We just don't have the capacity nor the desire to do that. One thing that I want to talk to you before we, um, going on a different page, the mindset. You, you sound beyond confident and straight up, straight shooter. Was always like that or not? Because women, women, um, and I can, you know, it's not my question, but 
I had been the way that I've been forever. I asked my mom, was it back then like, as, I, as a kid or did something change? Right. So when women come and say like, listen, you sound, you sound, you sound like straight up and confident about taking the leap or, or doing things like how, how can you do that? And I want to ask your opinion on, on, on this, where, where do you get your confidence from? Well, you know, to be fair, I've been told my whole life, and I'm sure people can relate to this, that I'm not capable enough, you know, as a woman. I've spent most of my career on Wall Street and in private equity, where people still to this day, I mean, one of my partners at a fund used to call me kiddo all the time. I was 32. I'm like, kiddo, Gosh, you know? Yeah. yeah, I've had my, you know, ass yep. slapped. I've had been told to get coffee, you know, instead of lead the meeting, which I was there to do. So they're, they're going to be people who try to tell you you're not capable of things all the time. And I think my response to that was probably to put on more false bravado like than I had, you know, it was like, okay, project because these people are sharks, right? Um, but don't get me wrong. I have, I have disbelief and, um, you know, concerns and questions constantly. I just do the thing anyway. So I'm like freaked out and I don't know if it's going to work out, but I do know that nobody's probably going to work harder than I am. And so I just keep doing it anyways, keep doing it anyways, keep doing it anyways. And I think that's the goal. As long as you keep taking action every single day, things usually work out. Okay. And so, um, that's what I would say for women, just take the action and no, I'm not confident in every deal that we've done. I've definitely lost a ton of money in deals, but when you have a portfolio of bets, that's okay. Because I'm not putting all my eggs in a singular basket. Um, and I don't think that they should either. And the last thing I'll say is like, if the reason you're not doing this is threefold, one, you don't think you're capable two, you don't think you have time or three, you're scared that you don't want to operate the business. Those are the wrong reasons. If any of those three reasons are why you're not doing this today, you're missing out. If the reason is you look at the numbers and you don't think the numbers are interesting enough for you, totally fair. If you can make more money, if your goal is financial freedom, more money in something else, don't do it. But if it is any of those three other reasons, then you're holding yourself back, in my opinion, from a really big opportunity. And we won't have it again in a couple of years. That's a great point. Love it. Um... Cody, you always have so much great knowledge to share. I always feel like I, I learned just as much as all the women that, you know, are going to be listening to this. So where can the ladies uh, listening to this learn more about you and connect with you? Uh, I think the best place is contrarianthinking.co. Um, I'm Cody Sanchez on Instagram, C-O-D-I-E, Sanchez, S-A-N-C-H-E-Z. And then if you want to buy a business, go to unconventionalacquisitions.com, get on the newsletter, and just start listening. So I think for you all specifically with a code, investher25, which is 20%, 25% off everything. So ladies, get in the game. That's right. And all this information you guys can find on our show notes. Don't miss this opportunity. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Cody, is what's the most transformational book you have ever read? I, I think the most, this is like controversial, but Atlas Shrugged um, specifically, not for the political portion, but because it's a super strong female lead character who kind of said, screw you to everybody else and kept doing the thing that sang her like a siren song. And she did it in business and she was unapologetic about it. There we go. The second question is, uh, which is the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Take action. 
every single day, I try to take some forward action on financial freedom. And, um, and when something scares me, I write it down. And if it scares me for a reason that's related to me being small, incapable, not having a tie, any of the things I mentioned, uh, I, I do it anyway. If it's that I'm scared for a real reason, like risk or strategy or uncertainty, that's okay. But if it's because it's because I'm playing small, I say, nope. And the last question is, which women, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I like women that speak out, speak their minds. Um, I'd probably have to go to like a series of, of uh, like leading politicians, like Sandra Day O'Connor, um, who was one of the first Supreme Court justices. She mm -hmm. used to carry a gun and ride horses and rewrite legislation in the country. I, I kind of like that. Super badass. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Cody, thank you so much for sharing all your wonderful wisdom and knowledge with, with our community. We appreciate you and appreciate your time so much. Thanks for having me. This is a blast, Lace. Let's do it again. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.